Never let anyone ever try and tell you that you can't do something, that you're not good enough. Hello and welcome to The Journal with me, your host, Lucy Spicer. The Journal is your go-to podcast for deep and empowering conversations that also gives you the practical tools, knowledge and motivation to transform your own life. Join me as my guests share with you the defining moments that turn their times of darkness into opportunities for growth. At the end of each episode, I'll be showing you how to find the lesson in someone else's story by giving you guided journaling prompts to help you change your own life. So for now, join me for our next guest entry into The Journal. Emily English is an expert nutritionist and has taken the social media world by storm. Her iconic strapline, Food You Want to Eat, designed by a nutritionist, perfectly encapsulates her approach to nutrition, using methods rooted in scientific evidence to make recipes that look sexy and make you feel good. Over one million of you have already joined Emily on her journey to redefining what a healthy, sustainable, and most importantly, enjoyable lifestyle looks like. And in this episode, she will share with you exactly how she got to this space. Wow. I've just come off that recording with Emily English, or as you might know her, M the Nutritionist. And get your tissues ready for this episode because it was really emotional. It was incredible and actually couldn't encapsulate better why I've done this podcast and and why it's about, you know, how we can really turn these times of darkness into opportunities for growth. And that's exactly what Emily has done. She has taken a time of darkness of breaking down in her kitchen to now building this unbelievably successful career that she is so proud of herself for. I got completely lost in this episode. I was absorbed by her story and could have chatted to her for hours and hours. And I hope that you love this episode just as much as I did. So let's begin this episode as we open Emily's entry into the journal. Emily, you're now a household name. Everyone I've spoken to you about you coming on the podcast knows who you are and is so excited for this episode. But a lot of your followers might not be aware of your journey and how you even got into this space to begin with. So if we go right back to the start together, how did you even get into nutrition? So I've always been obsessed with food, like always loved food. We come from a real big foodie family and my granny's actually a chef and she has her own restaurant. Oh, wow. It's absolutely gorgeous. It was called Cornfields and it was like in the middle of nowhere in this gorgeous listed cottage. And I remember as a kid being so excited if it was ever like, oh, we're going to uh, dinner at granny's on Friday. Yeah. I used to just love like the whole kitchen space, the fact that she was there creating like these plates that would make people smile and connect. And it it just gave me such a love and like slight obsession with food, but in a good way. Yes. And then I think my life pretty much changed over a cheese roll. Okay. And it sounds really funny, but I just had this defining moment in my life where I realized that diet culture and these rules and restrictions around food were so ingrained in me that I wasn't able to eat a cheese roll that my mum had made me for lunch. Okay. 
And I got to that point by, as a teenager, starting to be exposed to the world of magazines and headlines and Instagram started to become a thing where we're exposed to ads and and diet trends. And after a stint in the modeling industry, I was exposed again to all of these people who were had these like unspoken rules or unwritten rules or structures and routines around food that I had never been used to before. And it really, like, it was, it's so funny because from as someone who loved food so much, I never expected it to become essentially my worst enemy or my worst demon. And it got to that point where my mum put this cheese roll in front of me and I broke down and cried because she was like, why can you not just eat it? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why. Because, yeah. like, the rational side of me, like, I was a smart girl. Like, I I was brilliant at biochemistry, chemistry, biology, all of that stuff. I was, I was going to go to uni to study it. Yeah. And yet I had this whole hole for nutrition in my knowledge I had no idea what a healthy diet looked like Mm. the only things that I'd ever read or seen were things like um uh, like cut this out paleo this gluten-free this carbs are bad fats are bad so you get to this point where you're like oh my god like I literally have no idea and it was that cheese roll (laughs) that made me decide to seek help and seek therapy for the place that I fell into and then go and study nutrition. Wow. And I think it's so interesting, isn't it, that that for anyone, and, you know, I, I having not known that story initially, like, sniggered that it started mm. with a cheese roll, not knowing the significance of that. And I think having worked in the eating disorder space as well in hospitals, it, it becomes like that rational thought just goes. Mm-hmm. It, it becomes such a blocker. And I remember doing this with, with patients and having food and, and trying to encourage them to eat. And it would be food you know that people would love to eat like junk food or snack food but in their head there is just such a strong sense or of that actually this is not possible for me I cannot do this you Mm -hmm. know that voice in your your mind when you get to that space can be so powerful can't it and that rational thought just leaves yeah like it's people just think it's simple as like oh just eat why can you not just eat but there's this whole complex sense of security sense of control sense of that other voice in your head says don't worry I'm here to like look after you and protect you whereas it's it's lying to you and that's the one breakthrough that I had was finding my voice in my own body because I actually think that we have we 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 grow and with our life exposures all of these different voices and opinions in our own mind yeah and how can you define and see your own voice in that yes and when you got to that space I mean you're talking about all those other influences and I was very present on social media during that time Mm. and and can remember that space really well and I I wonder if we're similar ages it was kind of around my early to mid 20s and even that started to affect me and kind of how I was I was seeing food and I remember having protein shakes for dinner and I I luckily quickly snapped myself out of it but with that Emily do you think it was kind of a a conditioning over time that then led to that space of that of that cheese roll incident? Was it quite subtle, I guess, is my question. Definitely. So I basically got scouted at a festival when I was 17 years old to become an in-house model at ASOS. Mm -hmm. 
And at that time, I had my like vulnerabilities and insecurities, but I was a very happy, carefree teenager. I ate what I wanted. I would I would be constantly having cheesy chips at the festival after a full day of dancing and not even thinking about it. I wasn't conscious of my nutritional choices. I just ate when I was hungry and I ate what I wanted to. Yeah. I started to notice in the modeling industry people being unhappy with how I looked or how I was photographing that day Mm -hmm. and when it comes to like your physical appearance I can't change that Mm. if I want to be better at a language I can go and I can practice and if I want to uh, kind of like excel in in school and like get good grades I can go and revise more but I think there's this like really slippery slope of when it comes to like self-image improving that is a real fine line between self-love and feeling confident and good and then it becoming self-loathing yes where you hate yourself and and you you speak negatively to yourself and the modeling industry as a whole chipped away slowly to start to plant these seeds of i'm not good enough I'm displeasing these people for my physical appearance and how I look. Mm. These people are unhappy with how my thighs look. And once I got an, a, a modeling agency and things, I guess, started to kind of get a little bit more serious. That's when they started to critique like my physical body. Mm-hmm. So how I was photographing and photos and they would show me, they'd be like, this just like, this isn't looking quite right. And I remember I went in, I got my Polaroids taken after a summer of, I went to America for the first time. I went to baseball games and had hot dogs and cream sodas and oh, like, Every all the amazing eats that I wanted to try. I remember having this full board of restaurants and meals I saved because I was like, oh, I'm going to Chicago, I want to try all those things. Yes. And I came back and they made me feel guilty for it. And as as a person, I um I love to kind of grow and improve and learn and evolve. And what happened is that side of me latched on to, okay. I'm going to become the best people pleaser here. I'm going to become everything yes. that they want me to do. Yes. So what's the enemy here? Food. Yes. And that singular moment that I sat in that agency and they critiqued my physical appearance forever put a switch on in my head that changed my whole life. There lied your control, right? Your control suddenly became you're looking for those controllables. And I say that a lot in my sessions, you know, what can you control? And yours came, you know, more from that negative space that ah, oh, this is something I can I can control. Food yeah. is something what I put into my body is is something I can control. Yeah. And when you're describing that to me, Emily, and and like, you know, you write in those lists if you wanted to go to those restaurants and how you described having cheesy chips at that festival, I I guess kind of what that image came to me was that your lightness was kind of being then overshadowed by this this darkness and these comments and these opinions that weren't your own but as you described to me towards the beginning of this episode that was part of your journey with therapy right was Mm -hmm. actually unlearning these opinions that weren't there before but that had crept in to then find your your voice again yeah and what was your experience of that like what with therapy and and working through this Emily you know how did you find that experience so that was your first time and are there any strategies or things from that time that you're still using today so there were two things that really stuck out to me um that my therapist at the time Jane 
uh, taught me. And the first one would be bird's eye view perspective. Ah, uh, yes. I love it. Yes. I call it private jet just because we bougie think. Okay, we love it. Game, it's the same thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the PJ. <laughs> yeah. I'm on the PJ looking at my life. But it's, it's, it's coming up and gaining that perspective of your life. And I often look at the situations if I was watching it in like a movie screen too. So it was like if I was watching myself on TV, if I was watching myself on a movie, yeah. how would I talk to myself? What feedback would I give myself in this situation? And then the other one is challenging the negative mind with why. Ah, okay. And I will, even now, I will still have control mechanisms that will pop into my mind and it will say, oh, but you can't do that or you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And I always turn around and be like, but why? But why? And more often than not, it doesn't have an answer because there is no rationale behind it. But we have been living with these thoughts and behavioural patterns around food for so long as young women now. Mm. And they become so second nature, like, like breathing, like brushing your teeth, that you get into negative thinking habits and you don't challenge them anymore. Yeah. You just feel them. And that's why addressing and bringing up and highlighting these thoughts that come into our mind and being like are you mine yes and when you ask it why you off it's really easy to identify those thoughts that actually aren't your own proper self-caring thoughts that are looking after you it's just this kind of toxic negative mindset that's that's crept in over time absolutely are you able now to distinguish them between that more like empowered voice where you said you know the why mm. and that more in a critical voice have you got that if it becomes so meta like I do with my clients you end up having so many different voices but have you do you think you've got that skill now where you have that awareness to go ah that's not coming from a healthy space and actually I choose to listen to that more empowered voice now so I did Mm -hmm. and then I had another kind of like struck like a negative period of my life and I lost it again okay. and now I found it again because I'm going to therapy <laughs> <laughs> I like I I love therapy it has I think it's honestly been the biggest most important factor of, of where I am right now really yeah I think that is so incredible and, and special to say obviously with my work and also having Rachel as a CBT therapist in my practice I believe in it so strongly and I believe it's for everyone mm. you know and what I say with my work as well and the, the clients I see things don't have to be rock bottom things can be good and just having that space and having that safe space with someone that isn't a friend that isn't your partner that isn't a family member who's in your corner that you can go to and explore and can make maybe pick up on things that you can't see yourself is so valuable, isn't it? Yeah, massively so. And both of my therapists I will remember and be grateful for for a very long time. And they were slightly different because obviously Jane was a specialist in eating disorders and CBT. And Annabelle was... Annabelle helped me relearn myself and 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 rediscover myself after feeling so lost because I walked into that first session with her and she said who are you and what do you want and I couldn't answer it yeah I couldn't answer it and that was January really six months ago really yeah okay so it sounds like there was that that space then which I, I really want to go back to as well with um sitting in front of that trees role that moment and being like right something has to change Mm. and then you've gone through a journey and then you've had another it sounds like another chapter of recognition where you've needed to to find out who you are 
Yeah. Okay, Emily, before we get to that <laughs> day, so I really want to unpack that as well. Um, how did you go then from this, sitting in front of this cheese roll and you your mind just being like, you can't eat this, to then going into therapy to then being like, actually, food has gone from something that I'm trying to control and something that I'm afraid of to now something that I want to learn so much about. Yeah. So broke broke down on my kitchen floor because of the cheese roll, realised I had to change. Yeah. Realised that this isn't what I wanted from my life. Yeah. Found Jane months of therapy with her to get to the point where I knew that I wanted to study nutrition because I had this massive gap in my knowledge because the issue was when I looked on the internet and on social media for okay the agency have told me that I need to do this and lose weight what's healthy yeah and as a nutritionist I actually think I hate most nutritionists <laughs> because I just think they feed into these like restrictive yes like rules regulations black and white thinking about food and we don't eat nutrients we eat food and we eat food to celebrate birthdays mm. to show people that we love them to bring us joy and so much of nutrition lacks that i feel yeah. so that's one of the reasons why obviously i wanted to go to uni because i realized that there there wasn't enough like good information yes. in the space yeah. that wasn't literally just wrapped up in like like hoo hoo woo woo diet culture yes. got my degree came out the other side and i actually didn't really jump into becoming a nutritionist i oh, didn't you i i was very lost in a relationship that became i became not obsessed with but it became my it triggered my people-pleasing response. Okay. Well, I morphed myself into the person that I thought I should yes. be. Yes. And I lost that inner drive to grow and really do something for myself. And that would that was that kind of that period from when I was 20 years old up until I was 25 years old. There was a massive chunk of of my youth of like my te like yeah. young 20s that I lost. And it wasn't until I ended that relationship and I, I had the the infancy of, of my nutrition business at the time that I really kind of grew into the place that I am now. But kind of going back mm. to, to when I started the, um, the, the kind of like nutritionist journey. So I left uni, um, used to work for my ex um, for a little bit just to kind of help out um, here and there. And then I decided um, that I wanted to get a job in the nutrition space. And I worked for a DNA testing company. It was really cool. Um, but it was a nine to five that I didn't really enjoy. I would wake up every single day and be like, oh, another day at work. And it felt very monotonous and I didn't feel like it was really fulfilling my soul. Mm -hmm. So I took that moment to think, oh, do you know what? I have, I was very lucky, like, I had a stable situation. I had a roof over my head that I wasn't going to lose any time soon. Like, I was in a very comfortable place that I could quit my job mm -hmm. and start my own. So I built Emily English Nutrition. Yeah. I built the website through Squarespace. I used to put ads out um, through Google. Yeah. And I wanted to help 
just educate people around um, food and gut health. And I used to do a lot of healthy, sustainable weight loss clients. Amazing. So in a totally different way. Um, And then also a lot of gut health clients um, just to really help kind of support and, and, and look after their gut health. But I used to write all of the recipes for my plans. Ah. So the re- I I never used to be like I used to love cooking. Cooking was something that gave me so much joy and purpose and again like I loved food at this time. I was always like planning my next restaurant that I wanted to try. But then my clients started to feed back to me, being like, oh my goodness, and that lasagna was like the best that we've ever had. And I can't believe it's good for us. Because I would listen to them. I would listen to what they want to eat. I'd listen to their cravings. I'd listen to the food that meant something to them. And I would write those recipes in their plans. And of course, I only had five to 10 clients at the time. So it was feasible to do something like that. But I ended up like building this library and this skill out to harness both nutrition yes and also the food that people want to eat together yes and then social media like started to become more of a pull to me and I used to just post like nutritional stats and information and things like that and I was like I just start posting some of these recipes so I started to put still pictures on my Instagram Mm mm-hmm and then I was like, I'm going to film these because these things called reels have come out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so then that I started a game to, a, a total game changer. <laughs> so then I started to film these recipes as reels, and I mean the rest is history. Like the from that moment to where I am now has just been this kind of a period of up and downs. But that's a kind of very rough and very loose kind of trajectory from the cheese roll yes to going to uni to being a little bit lost in who I was and what I wanted to do fumbling around with a few jobs and then really deciding to take the leap and be like no I can do this I want to do this because I believe in what I have to say yeah which is so important it's something that we were talking about just before we actually mm. started recording did that did that um you deciding to end that relationship where it sounded like came from your decision did that plus you then deciding to launch your business in a different way was that a similar time frame no so I launched my business just before COVID happened right so probably about a month before the first ever lockdown. So I just left my job. Yeah. Um, I was still with my ex at the time. I stayed with my ex for probably another year after that. And I I just I just took the leap. And I, I thought this is something that I really wanted to do. I remember having my first client session, feeling really nervous because I was like, oh my God, like, am I doing this right? Is there a certain way that I can do this? But if anyone's listening, nervous because they're not 100% sure that they're going to do it right, there is no such thing as a right way to do anything in life. Yeah. If you just have to do it yes. and it doesn't have to be perfect. And I look back, at that time and I look back at anything that I did two years ago and I lo- I howl at myself because yeah. it is hilarious Yeah. but you have to start and as long as you're not going to I mean obviously don't do malpractice if yeah, you like yeah. not even a, a trained anything you start seeing clients yeah, you have no idea don't obviously do that but if if you know that that you are you have value to offer the the, the people that you want to reach out to and, and affect do it yeah do it yes and it's that imposter syndrome that can Mm -hmm. so get in the way and Emily and I were speaking um yeah before we started recording and kind of just briefing each other on how we even got into this space and and being self-employed and we both agreed and it's something that I preach a lot to my clients it's mindset that is so important and Mm -hmm. both of us shared that 
there's no other option, right? No. There's no, there's no plan B. I'm not going to go work for someone again, <laughs> I hope. Um, and it's just staying so headstrong, like despite those roller coasters, those ups and downs and those downs is always the hardest bit when you when you have your own business to keep your mindset in the best place possible that it is going to work out. And I think I always come back to that, especially with those first, like my first podcast I'm not trained in this. Yeah. You know, my my producer sadly was sick before the first time that I recorded my episode a couple of weeks ago and had to go and do it wildly out of my comfort zone. But again, it was coming back to I'm not going to listen to that imposter syndrome. I'm not going to listen to that negative voice that we both spoke about that is going to tell me all the reasons why it's going to go wrong Mm. and all the reasons that it's going to fail. Instead, and it's an active choice, I choose to listen to that empowered voice. You know, what if it goes, it was one of my favorite lines what if it goes better than expected yeah and it did you know my first my first episode did and now I'm sat here with you which is so exciting so as you said you know it's really easy to sit into that space of avoidance with when worry comes up and that negative voice comes up and wants to feed you all the reasons why it's not going to work because it doesn't want you to come out your comfort zone it wants to keep you safe it wants to protect you it's like we're not going to do that there's a fear of failure there's a fear of rejection let's not even put ourselves into that space but in doing and listening to that voice you can't grow and you can't learn that it's going to be okay but that same voice is the eating disorder voice the false sense of i will protect you i will look after you (gasps) the all that that butter on that that sandwich that's too risky but don't like don't worry these are the rules and structures that will keep you safe and if you allow that voice to always create your boundaries you will never push and break through them and you have to face uncomfortable moments in your life if you ever, ever want to do anything that is going to make you feel like like you've grown and you've expanded and you've flourished. Yeah. It's, it's so incredible how the mind works in that way because you put yourself into that space that was scary. So you may be posting your recipes and, you know, waiting for the likes or the feedback or you having that session. Then you go into like 20 sessions time mm. and it's like our classic anxiety curve that we do in psychology. The more times you do something, the less anxious you're going to feel each time you're doing that it then becomes second nature yeah you know and it's such a quick it can be such a quick response but you're never going to get that space unless you do that first amen (laughs) amen Amen. (laughs) so let's let's think about you know i'm really like seeing your as i said your journey as chapters we had the cheese roll then you go into study into nutrition then you go into into working full time then having that sense actually you want to do something for yourself you launch your clinic you go through the breakup that you (laughs) wasn't serving you you then see your first client you start posting your recipes on social media and then from when was the point Emily because as I said at the at the beginning of this um, podcast everyone knows who you are (laughs) when was the point that it kind of suddenly took off for you and and how are you managing that pressure of now being so viral and being so well known and you know what led to that space in January where you were like ah probably need to go back to therapy again yeah so I actually did a podcast with Scott Thomas yes and I'm actually going to say that that was a massive shift in momentum for my follower growing like I was I've been growing well for a long time now but that was like turn on turbocharge and I think it's because like a lot of people normally when they go on a social media page they just see like what 
the, the person is giving and they, they just see the recipes they, they just see this and I feel like it gave me an opportunity to explain my why yeah and there is actually a purpose behind every single recipe that I make and it's the the wish and hope that people can realize that nutrition is more than this kind of misconception of green salad leaves cutting things out and you can't have pizza and a glass of wine without it being a cheap meal or naughty like life isn't about that life is more and the food you want to eat designed by a nutritionist is my why for everything now and I love having such a firm mission statement and I don't need to say anything else because that is exactly what it is and I think my finding my core strategy and being so consistent with it I think is the reason why I'm it's it's becoming so successful because I know exactly who I am yeah I know exactly what I'm doing I know exactly what I want to achieve and I do what I love and it's amazing that people love it too and I don't try and do things for other people I do it because I believe in it. Yes. And I'm lucky that I have an amazing community who also believe in it. Yes. And I think when you when you get to that space and you're loving what you're doing and then you're finding success out of that, like that's incredible and also quite a rare experience that I, I know. imagine um, for you to have. And with that, Emily, I wonder as well, you know, we always, with my clients, I always think that, when we're looking at our journeys, it's so interesting, and I'm going to go a bit woo now, but the universe and how mm. things kind of piece together to get to that space. And do you think having gone through that experience yourself and and being in that space where the the only solution to losing weight or to eating healthy was basically not to really eat at all or to eat these you know these recipes that weren't exciting and weren't fulfilling and you also understanding kind of the the psychology with that as well and fearing food and just your whole journey with food again does that does that kind of add fuel to the fire with this as well do you think for you and your mission massively so because I create content that I needed to right. see so if I had just left that Polaroid picture taking session with with my modeling agency and I was able to type in nutritionist and and the nutritionist came up and I saw lasagnas and big bowls of pastas and big sexy salads with like roasted honey halloumi it's like I would be like oh yeah I can get on board with that and that is proper nutrition because it's food that fuels the body that leaves you feeling energized lighter brighter balanced but it also makes you feel happy and it makes you feel fulfilled and you're you're full and you're nourished in every single possible sense and that that is why I do it because I almost do it for little m yeah everything that I do is for for that person yeah that honest when you were saying that Emily my heart was just warming <laughs> I just know exactly what you mean and that must be an emotional driving force but such an important one for you that literally everything you're doing every recipe you post every time you turn up on social media every, you know the projects that I know that you're doing now behind the scenes if you're doing that for her and you keep that in the forefront of your mind that just must be your momentum right that just be, yeah. must be your motivation every single day and I feel like it's really grounding to like who I am and myself as well and 
it is actually my my recent therapist Annabelle who really got me to connect with every single version of myself because sometimes you like you forget that like this is the same body who has gone through every single one of those life experiences yeah the same person the same eyes the same ears the same mouth and like that is such a beautiful reflective thought to never forget to keep on nurturing all of those little versions of yourself because they are all part of you and all the the versions of myself that are to come. Yeah, and I think that inner child work, is that, I wonder if she framed it in that way, but yeah. it's it's so powerful, isn't mm. it? To kind of look back and almost to go through that re- the way of reparenting yourself or yeah. parenting yourself now, you know, what did what did little M need? What does little M need now? Because we can feel those inner child wounds come up and how can I give that to her? And not only are you giving it to your self and that you've completely re-educated yourself you've completely changed your relationship with food which I know from a psychological perspective is hard work going yeah. through that therapy and changing that um and but also now you're giving back and doing it to so many other people yeah it's it, it is so so beautiful and I think the one thing actually that's really helped me with as well is my relationships and my boundaries with my relationships. I used to be such a people pleaser. I would do everything and anything to seek validation and, and approval from friends, loved ones, even as my social media started to grow from my followers. And then it got to a point where it's so draining and tiring, constantly trying to adapt and be a version of you that that isn't you. But to get to the point now where I can say no. Yes. And if I don't want to do something, I, I won't do it. And if I get an invite here, I say, I'm so sorry, like that's, that's not going to, that's not what I need right now. And that has been one of the biggest like freeing lessons that I could have possibly gone through over these last six months because it's made me jump off the hamster wheel. Great. And there is nothing more tiring when you wake up and every single day you feel like you're racing and you're chasing or you're running away or you're constantly just go, 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 go for others, mm. not for yourself. Mm. And if, if anyone is listening, reevaluate those relationships that you you keep nearest and dearest and make sure they actually are ones who support you and love you who who even if you can't do something they're not going to turn around and make you feel bad about it they're 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 unconditionally like that unconditional love through my amazing friends my amazing partner my amazing family is is the most valuable thing I, I have in my life. Yeah, and that, you know, that support circle around you is incredibly important, but it also can take time to get there. And I have mm-hmm. clients now who are really unsure who's actually in that space and who's in that corner. And I often bring good old Caroline Spicer, my mum, into the session who came up with this analogy. I wonder if it resonates with you, Emily, but if you were, if you were starting um, at, say we're doing a 100 metre hurdle race, mm-hmm right? I'm at the start of the race and you've got the hurdles in front of you. Yeah. Okay. And you want to get to the end, obviously. And you have on one side of the hurdles, you have clappers. You have people in your life that are going to clap you and they want to see you succeed and get to the end of the race. And on the other side, you have what my mum calls trippers. And they're waiting for you to maybe trip over a hurdle, have a little laugh, like, haha, look at Em, she's tripped over. And that analogy in itself to think, who in my life are the clappers? 
yeah. who were there like cheering me on, wanting me to be my very best self and supporting me over uh, along the way. And it's quite, a, you know, it's a very binary, quite reductionistic <laughs> um, uh, example, but it can be really helpful to just really think, have I got the right people in my life? I can confidently say 100% of the people in my life are clappers. clappers. We love that. And I, and that is just everything. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. And how do you manage that, Emily? Like now and being so busy and we were talking about, you know, coming into this space today and you've done six or seven crazy long hours <laughs> days and feeling exhausted. How do you differentiate between M the nutritionist and um, at home and how do you balance that god that's a really good question do you know what it is it's like i am and the nutritionist yeah. and because because it is a part of me that is so organic and natural i only ever feel a little bit tired and run down when i don't have time to just do what I want to do so I've got a lot of projects going on at the moment I've got I'm working with a lot of great brands and I love filming my brand content it's it's something that always brings me loads of joy but sometimes I just want to film the content that I wake up and I'm like I'm just going to cook today yeah so most of my recipes I just wake up and I go for my little morning walk and I think okay oh what's weather doing today what what do I want to eat and that is the start of everything and I'll go to Sainsbury's I'll pick up the ingredients I'll lay down my little mat I prop my phone up on my stand and I'll just cook and then I'll sit down and I'll enjoy that and I'll share it and I love that process I'm always careful as well to make sure that I I know what feeds my soul okay so I always try and prioritize to, to have those things in my life to feed my soul things like movement but movement in a very positive way that makes me feel good. Like my movement patterns, everyone, people message me sometimes, like, oh, what do you do like on an average week? I'm like, it would change. Yeah. It depends on time. It depends how busy I am. It depends how I feel. Now I'm obsessed with Pilates. I'm like, we're all in our Pilates. Oh my God, the Pilates era is so real. <laughs> it is so real. It's so great, I think, for our feminine body to do something at a lower intensity. Mm. Like I was so about, I don't know if you were as well in your 20s, like that hit slamming my body. I'm like, I've never been about that girl. Oh, <laughs> no. it, it sends your, you know, for our nervous systems, it, it just floods us with adrenaline and cortisol. Mm. And I think this Pilates and it's like a soft girl era and just doing everything that's gentle and nurturing for us mm -hmm. is gorgeous, isn't it? So it's so important to listen to your body. And I, I'm not hard on myself, but I push myself because I want to grow and I want to uh, kind of evolve and and become not better in a sense, but the best version of myself. Yes. That's my driver. It's not changing anything, but it's like, am I doing everything that I know that I can possibly do? And I always try and make that time for that element of self-care, but I will always have that element of discipline mm -hmm. and holding myself accountable for myself. And that will mean that some days, most days I wake up and I'm like, oh, let me just press snooze. Can't be asked to go to that Pilates class. Oh, do I have to go to work today? But there will always be that little driver of, no, be grateful for the fact that, you live in a, a safe house, community, country. Mm -hmm. Be grateful for the fact that you can go and move your body. Mm -hmm. Be grateful for the fact that you have your dream job and it's growing and like it's so important to practice that gratitude to keep that motivation. Yes. 
Yes, I'm so huge on gratitude. There's so much here, and I actually I, I didn't pay Emily to say you know be the best version of yourself. That might be my tagline. Oh, is it really? I actually, <laughs> I actually didn't know that. I, I swear. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's so great that you found that motivating voice because I often with my client work and we set these habits up that are going to support them. So I always say, if you you need your foundations in place, so the foundations for or my belief of the foundations with my clients sleep is number one get your sleep boys and girls yeah so flipping important nutrition yeah we know gut mental health all combined holler yeah so nutrition's super important movement is super important so you know we have to have these these foundations in place in our self-care and our daily practices showering all these things and then we can kind of build on that and it can be sometimes difficult like you said to do the things that we know are good for us, aka go for that walk in the morning, even yeah. if it's pouring with rain, or or do that movement. And it's really difficult. There's two voices in there, usually, and I love your voice that you brought in. The voice is like either, no, you know, let's not do that. You know, the comforting, no, let's yeah. stay snuggled in bed. Or we can have the super bitch that comes out and is like, get out, like you're yeah. so this, you're so that from that negative space. But what you found, which is very nice, is actually let's use the gratitude voice. To motivate you. As the motivator, which I think is really, really, really nice. Yeah, no, I, I think so often we can confuse... Like, I'm so for the self-love movement. I'm trying to really, like, push and, and, and grow that version of myself. But one thing that I do, it's kind of like intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. There are flaws to it. And I think if you're looking to really become that best version of yourself, to feel positive, to feel motivated, there will always be that slight element of be soft on yourself, but make sure that you're not cheating yourself out of everything that you can achieve. Absolutely. And I think I'm bringing all the family in. They're going to love this. (laughs) James Spicer, come on in. (laughs) Uh, My brother, he has another great analogy that I I bring into sessions as well. And it's I'm going to try and get this right. But it's like easier decisions harder life harder decision easier life so easy decision don't get up don't do my exercise harder life Mm -hmm. the payoff is that you're not you know doing things that are good for your body harder decision go and do that workout do that run go for that walk easier life yeah then it's going you know you're doing things that are great for you you're going to reap the rewards of that and you can really apply that to so many different habits that you're trying to build journaling you know sometimes if you're going to bed and you're like oh you know easier life I will uh, easier decision sorry I'll scroll through Instagram I'll scroll through TikTok before I fall asleep yeah harder life going to affect your sleep terrible for comparisonitis if you've got you know any problems with that not good for your mental health Hard. Luckily, most of my feed is food, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I just sit there and be like, oh, oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> but it gets you wired, right? And we're all doing it. Like, I'm no angel yeah. scrolling before bed. Or the harder decision would be, let's get out my journal and write three, three positive things that happen that day. I do that every single night. And that's going to be an easier life because mm-hmm. I'm going to bed actually having reflected on my day, not thinking, you know, what have I got to do tomorrow and actually sitting in that positive energy. So I think it's, it's exactly that balance, is it? Self-love, but how can we have a bit of discipline with it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hold hold yourself accountable to to make sure that you're proud of yourself. Yes. And who is that best version of you, Emily? Like, what is Emily's best version of herself? How would you know that you are that? When I feel peace, 
Like my mind normally is like a mariachi band. It's full. Like there are so many things going on and like I literally get probably 300, 350 messages a day. Oh my goodness. I will have like so many people emailing me wanting something from me. I'll have loads of messages. I'll have like, then this person's like, oh, you didn't get back to me for this. And then I've got this project. And then when we decide on this and then um, I've got, I'm doing my cookbook and it's, and it's like, oh, we need amends on this. And you know, when it's sometimes it's like, I am so, I'm spread so thin, Yeah. but I know that, I am able to kind of like pull it all back together and kind of like snap back and then sit into myself. And I think the best version of me is the version that trusts in the process and trusts in myself that I am looking out for me and everything will be okay. And just go with the flow. Don't overthink things. Don't analyze things and find that peace in the doing. Because no matter how busy I am, if I don't allow myself to become overwhelmed, anxious, like like drowning in it, if I allow myself to be like, yeah, it'll be all right. It'll get done when it's done. Yeah, like time isn't running away from me. I can then enjoy the process. Yes. So the best version of me is when I'm enjoying the process. I love that so much, Emily. And I think to get to that space, I know through my work that that takes work to get to that space. And you've done a damn lot of therapy. <laughs> a damn lot of therapy. <laughs> but these are the these are the rewards. Yeah. You know, to actually to have that deep trust in yourself that actually you can have your back what I'm hearing from that is that you can have your back you are aware of the things that might impact you you know how to stop that from kind of spiraling and getting too much Mm -hmm. you can be your own best mate and that you've got your corner and that you're your own motivator to do those things that are good for you that is insane and that is a complete different space to to where we started this episode and where that as I I shared with you kind of that light Emily Mm -hmm. started to turn or feel darker yeah those other opinions that were coming in but you it feels like now you know yourself well it's consistent work I don't want anyone to listen to this thing and thinking that oh yeah I'm now like a therapy mastermind and everything is fine like I will always have ups and downs harder days days that I'll feel low days that I'll feel depressed days that I feel like I'm not good enough and really bad negative self-talk but I have the tools in the toolbox now and I'll make sure that I keep on trying to use them because it's consistency over everything yes and when it comes to your mental health and your relationship with yourself if you're consistent and your goal is I want to reach that point where I trust myself and this process then it's it's the tiny little things that we do every day so when I get those thoughts and I am having a low day I will always try and and check myself and self-check those that language and be like is this me or is it that nasty demon who lives in my head yes Yes. And as you said, you know, it it isn't about suddenly you go through therapy or you go through coaching and suddenly everything is hunky-dory and you never have a problem again. Mm -hmm. Life happens. Mm -hmm. Stresses happens. You know, with my clients, they might go and then they come back for top-ups and that's normal. I'm not worried about that. They're not worried about that because that is life but if you can walk around which is exactly what I give my clients you know this toolkit Mm -hmm. and the strategies that work for you and you can carry that about life that's that's kind of the reward from going through that process isn't it yeah to be able to have that yeah amazing Emily if you if you were looking back and I'm sure you're familiar with this question through therapy as well but if you were looking back to that 
younger version of you, perhaps it's even um, with that cheese roll mm-hmm. and you having that moment in your kitchen of just realising, wow, this has got too much. And imagine she was kind of little M was now in the middle of the sofa with us now and she was hearing you speak now and she knew what your day looked like today or your week has looked like with working on these projects. What do you think she'd think? Oh, she'd be so proud. I think she'd think that I was awesome. <laughs> I love that. That's beautiful. <laughs> and and the, and the best thing is, is that I did this. Yeah. And she did this. And never let anyone ever try and tell you that you can't do something, that you're not good enough. That just because you're not great at it now doesn't mean that you're not going to be great at it in the future. I want to end there because that is perfect. <laughs> it's perfect words to, to go away with. And I I completely agree with that and that I I feel, having only sat with you, what, 45 <laughs> minutes, so bloody proud of you, Emily. <laughs> Thank you. And so proud of what you've overcome and so proud of how you actually... Oh, my God, stop going to make me cry. No, it's true. You feel... So, this is what this is about. I feel really... I knew you were going to be the perfect guest and I was right. And I am just so grateful that you don't have to and you don't have to come to this space and, and do this podcast episode with me and be so vulnerable... But it's why I'm doing this podcast as well, is I just know there'll be that listener on her commute or her walk who maybe was little M and how she's feeling. And you've now given her hope. Oh. And you've now shown her the way. Life can actually get so much better beyond even your wildest dreams, I imagine. I'm sorry for me. No. Cry my love. This saying powder's great. I want it just beads off. But like, yeah, if anyone's listening to this and you're having a shit day and you're feeling low and you feel like life is impossible, I promise you, if you find your little purpose and what brings you joy and you chase that down and you believe in it, then there will always be brighter days ahead. Absolutely. That's what this is all about. Thank you. No, thank you. A million thank you (laughs) for coming to share your story. I know you'll inspire so many people, Emily, and I think it's so generous of you to actually show who you are and who what your story is behind all the incredible content that you put out there. And it just adds even more meaning to all the meaningful work you're doing and, and really gets to gets people to listen to your why and what that driving force is thank you thank you so much thank you (laughs) the journal prompts from emily's episode are drawn on from the different themes that she touched upon so for today starting with what lessons have you taken away from emily's episode and what resonated with you the most from what she shared How can you apply these maybe lessons or words of wisdom into your own life? What is something you are doing now that a younger version of yourself wished for? What are three things that you are grateful for in your life today? Is there something you want to do but worry is getting in the way? So you know that voice that we spoke about that's always going to tell you, you you can't do it or you're not good enough. If you weren't listening to that voice or chose to listen to a more empowered voice, what is one small step you can take towards doing the thing that you're avoiding? And what does the best version of yourself look like? 
As always, the journal prompts will be in the journal notes below. They will be available on my website and you will get them first if you're signed up to my mailing list at lucyspicer.com. You've been listening to The Journal with me, Lucy Spicer. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation and that you feel uplifted and inspired to create change in your own life. Please take a second to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone who you think needs to hear this story. To find today's guest and to download the journal prompts, visit the links in the show notes. And to learn more about the Lucy Spicer practice and how to work with me and my team, go to lucyspicer.com. For advice and a daily dose of motivation, find me over on Instagram at lucyspicer underscore. Thank you so much for listening and I'll meet you back here for the next episode.